Thanks for tuning in to our Cypress Church podcast. To learn more about our church, visit our website at cypresschurch.net and join us for our Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes for more. Oh, well, good morning. Merry Christmas to you all, or happy Vestember. Yeah, still, there's just a few of you. I'm starting to try a, a trend here, and it's just not working. I'm going to keep trying, and, uh, and I keep, I'll be keep getting followers time and time again. But uh, my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, if you're joining us online, welcome. I know a number of you online are not feeling well. You've let me know that, that you can't be here this morning, but I'm glad that you're visiting us online or participate online, and so we're praying for you that you get better, and, and uh, we're here. Here we are, and, and good job. You've survived the start of the Christmas season. Good for you. <laughs> uh, many uh, have at least started decorating, yes? Yeah? Done. Oh, God bless you. Oh, wow. And the shopping done, too. That's amazing. Anybody brave the mall on Black Friday? Wow. First service, almost every hand went up. So you are the less risky people here. Uh, yeah, they're, amen. Cyber Monday. Anybody do Cyber Monday? Get some good deals? A few of you, yeah. Anybody participate in Giving Tuesday? Yeah, just like first service, nobody. Yeah, that's why we need this sermon today, okay? Well, but, uh, you know, a lot of effort uh, goes into this holiday, uh, whether it's decorating or baking, cooking, keeping... Uh, up with traditions, starting new traditions, and of course the gifts, uh, trying to find that fun, useful, thoughtful, valuable gift that uh, communicates meaning. We want to give toys uh, that will get played with, gifts that are helpful, presents that bring a smile, offerings uh, that entertain, and items that are useful. Uh, think back, what was the, the most or one of the most useful gifts you've ever received at Christmas. Useful. Anybody? Yeah, I remember I got a, actually from one of, from one of uh, the, the congregations, she's gone home and do with the Lord uh, there, but I got a back scratcher from Laura. I mean, that, mm, it's such a good feeling. It's better than, you know, rubbing up against the wall, but it's, it's just, when, when we give gifts, because Christmas is a season of giving gifts, and uh, uh, we give gifts of all kind celebrations, birthdays, anniversaries, accomplishments, and sometimes just because. But Christmas is a celebration of Jesus's birth and the life-giving gift that he is and he brings. Because of Jesus, we know how to relate to God and how to live life his way. Matthew 16, 24 says, and Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Because Jesus's way is a life-giving way. When we follow Jesus and, and do what Jesus did, it brings life to us, and it's life-changing. Also, through faith in Jesus, we are saved from our sins. John the Baptist uh, said in John chapter 1, verse 29, when he saw Jesus walking, he goes, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As well, through faith in Jesus, our reservation in heaven is set. John 3.16, a very familiar verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. And in all this, given the gift of an amazing and fulfilling life as Jesus came to give us that abundant life, it's talked about in John 10.10. It says the thief comes to kill and destroy, and Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is a life-changing gift. Yet a gift does not have its full impact unless it's open and interacted with. Actually, I'd like to give a gift to somebody today. And so, Mark, can I give you a gift? Okay, I'm going to give a gift of Mark. What does Mark need to do? Well, he needs to, first of all, take it, right? Okay, so he's taking the gift, okay? And then what does he need to do? Okay, so Mark, rip it open, buddy. Just go, go for it. Come on, get in there. Come on. Get it. Open, open, open. And it is a cool remote control car. Woo! Okay, so, so Mark received the gift. He opened the gift. And now what does he need to do with it? Play with it. To, to, to figure it out, to open it up and figure out how to charge the batteries and how to work the controls and all those kind of things. First service, someone said, re-gift it. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe. I mean, you know, but that's the idea. You, already your wheels are turning, aren't they? Because you're thinking about, okay, what about this gift, amazing gift of Jesus that God offers to really all of us? And what do we need to do with that gift? We need to receive it. And once we receive it, we need to then what? Open it and, and interact with it. Interact with him. See, some of you are in a place where you've, you, you know, you, you've heard about Jesus and you know that Christmas is about Jesus, but you need to really receive it and, 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 and to open that gift. And that's why we've created these uh, gift packs. Now, there's not a remote control car in this one, uh, but inside there, there's a letter and a couple of booklets that really help understand how to receive this gift that God has given to us. It's as simple as receiving, as Mark receiving that gift. It, it's that simple. It's, it's, it's the idea of belief. To, to believe and to, and to understand that. As, say, I, I, I'm going to accept this gift of God. But then it also involves us interacting with that gift. See, we open the gift of Jesus through faith and belief in who he is and what he's done. And we interact with this gift as we learn who Jesus is and develop that relationship with him. And so I encourage you to pick up. If you're curious about your walk with God, uh, the ushers will have these at the uh, doorways and there'll be some in the lobby area. You don't need to interact with anybody. You just take this home and, and open it. And, and begin to interact with the material there, and, and, and hopefully that will help you as we go along. As well, uh, we have the opportunity to share this gift. That's why I liked it when first service said, you can re-gift it. Because that's the idea behind the gift that God has given us. We should share that gift with other people. We still have, have the opportunity to, to enjoy it, but we can actually give it to others. And, and telling people about the amazing gift of Jesus and helping them open and interact with this gift. Because this is life change. And that's why in your, in your worship folder that Carrie talked to you about, you have a, a couple of invites to the Christmas uh, things, that, uh, services and gatherings that we have here. 
We didn't put two because we made a mistake. We put two because we know you have at least two friends. Now, we know you have way more than two friends because you guys are popular people, and so you have hundreds of friends. That's why in the lobby area, we have stacks of those invites that you can take and go around to your neighborhood and your workplace or your school all around and, be in, uh, and, and give that wonderful gift to other people. Uh, so I encourage you to take on that gift. And, and so as we've been spending time together on Sundays, we, we've started this week, or we started last week, we're walking through the Christmas story, learning how we might not only um, embrace the life-changing gift of Jesus, but how we might be better gift givers and also how we might give the gift, the life-giving gift of Jesus to others. And, and the reality is, is that gifts take effort, some more than others, for the, the effort is actually part of the gift. And when done in love, the effort becomes a joy. A joy is the effort is an expression of love and, and a joy in bringing the blessing to somebody else. You see, the choice of joy makes effort a gift. And in a day and time when more efforts seem to be spent on self, it is actually life-changing and life-giving to expend more efforts on others, on someone else. The wise men in the story of Christmas did just that, as Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12 tells us, giving us an example of four areas where the choice of joy makes effort a gift. And so this morning, we're going to be discovering these wise men's joy and how we might make the choice of joy turning effort into a gift. But before we jump into that, if you wouldn't mind setting aside your Bible for a moment and standing up, let's pray. Gracious God, uh, you really truly have handed us this incredible gift of Jesus. And you've given us these great um, reality stories of, of how that all came about. And the story of the wise men really hones in on the effort of gift giving and the effort um, that we need to put into enjoy the gift. And so, God, I pray that you would challenge us on whatever level you want today. Holy Spirit, do some work in our own hearts encourage us as we hear and, and interact in this message, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat, and I do encourage you to take out of that worship folder uh, that we've been talking about. There's a, a note page for you to jot down some notes. The blanks to fill in, the answers will be up on the screen. And if you're online or using our app, you could just simply go to the uh, outline page, and if you click a, uh, right there on the blank, it'll fill it in for you, and you'll get that. You can also type in some notes as well, but I'd like you to take your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter two. If you don't have a Bible with you today, and you'd like to borrow one, our wonderful ushers have them in their hands. They're walking down the aisle. If you want to borrow one, just wave at them, and they'd be happy to give you uh, a loaner Bible that you can leave and uh, you can use and leave there when you're done. So turn it open to Matthew. It's the first book of the New Testament, um, about three quarters of the way through your Bible. Matthew chapter two. We'll be doing verses one to twelve. It, it starts out like this. Now, after Jesus was born, uh, we're not sure exactly when after Jesus was born, these wise men came. Some say it was anywhere between two to five years. We know it's not uh, the story where we see in the movies or things like that, where they actually just showed up the day of. Uh, it, was, it was quite a, a while after that, Jesus' birth. 
And we actually don't know the exact day of Jesus' birthday. Uh, however, in the reign of Constantine, the Roman emperor around the 4th century A.D., A.D., meaning Ado Domini, or in the year of our Lord, uh, after, his, uh, um, uh, after his death, uh, Constantine chose the date because it was understood that Constantine saw the Roman sun god as Jesus. And so the Roman sun god's birthday was on December 25th, so it's got to be Jesus' birthday too. So they made it that way a long, long time ago, and we've been celebrating it ever since. It's also right around the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. So sometime after Jesus was born, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, which means house of bread. Yeah, just straight out of Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem was a pretty seedy place at that time. Uh, but, but did not Jesus say in, in John 6.35, he said, I am the bread of life. The word Bethlehem, Bethlehem, means house of bread, meaning the substance and satisfaction of true life is found in Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm on a diet. Can you tell? No. Neither can I. Um, but but, but I, in that, I'm trying to eat better, but because I love to fill my stomach with chocolate and Christmas treats and Christmas cookies and candies and donuts and all those things, but the truth is they don't satisfy. Uh, they don't hold the substance or the sustenance for a thriving life. They just increase me growing this way <laughs> and not in, 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 in the way I should. Well, all the treats of the world, uh, popularity, pride, striving for that per- perfect Subaru experience, that perfect selfie-worthy picture, uh, will not satisfy and will not sustain life and really won't last. But the life-giving bread of life that, yes, straight out of Bethlehem does, a great gift to open and to interact with. So let us read on and discover these four areas where the choice of joy makes effort a gift. The first is to to find joy in the effort of expending hard work. Let me just read these two verses to you again. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and came to worship him. Now, Bethlehem, a house of bread, is, is around six miles, uh, about 9.7 kilometers south of Jerusalem. At that time, Herod was the ruler. They called him king, but he was an appointed ruler from Rome, and he was ruthless. He was so self-focused and paranoid, but yet he was an avid builder. He helped build the Jewish temple and the various fortresses and, and built the harbor and the city in Caesarea, and he built Masada. And as he was there doing his kingly stuff, Along came these wise men, or also known as magi. Magi, it sounds like the word magic, because that's where the word comes from, because 
These men were learned men. They knew all of the disciplines of uh, uh, scholastic disciplines of of economics and biology and astronomy and physics and chemistry and sociology and botany and agriculture and yes, even religion. And they not only knew this, but they knew how to put it into practice. And so these wise men, honored men, uh, were actually called kingmakers. Because any kingdom in that time, in that part of the world, that was of any significance, in any way thriving, had this group of people or had some of them in their kingdom. Uh, they, they showed them how to make aqueducts and how to arrange cities so that they would work. They had to have sewer lines and, 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 and commerce and all of that. They knew all of those things and how to help the agricultural uh, reality and, and, and animal husbandry work. All of those things, they knew that. And the kingdom thrived because of these amazing, almost like magic people. Actually, if you want to read more about them, just flip over to the Bible book of Daniel. Because Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of this guild. And so in the hard work of these magi studies, they saw the ancient scriptures, the ancient Hebrew scriptures, and maybe even... Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, it says, A star shall arise out of Jacob. Now, they knew how to interpret these old ancient Hebrew scriptures, that some of these things were written uh, figuratively and, and some written literally. Figuratively meaning that a king shall arise. But possibly even literally being the, the evidential, evidently <coughs> noticed uh, this astrological phenomenon of this miraculous star in the sky. It may, it may have been a comet, it, uh, but yet it stood still at some points. That's not what comets do. But uh, it, it stood there, some miraculous uh, sign, phenomenon. And so they put some effort and some hard work to figure this out. And through their study, they were moved to find this king and give him the honor of the prophecies and this celestial sign. Now, these men rarely worshipped anyone or anything they were worshipped because of their incredible knowledge. And yet something brought them to a place of awe. It was the hard work of their study. I know this study, uh, reading, thinking, pondering, wrestling, with insights, research is tough. But there is something amazing that happens when we put in the hard work of study. When we delve into scriptures, when we read them over and over again and read the whole books and try to understand and use some helps. That's why we've provided for you this wonderful Christmas devotional to maybe do a little bit of more and consistent study into God's word as you walk through this Advent, this Christmas season. I also encourage you, there's one that's written in a study guide. These study guides are available almost at every ser- after every service. Um, it's a teaching guide and it help to, has, all, has all the fill in the blanks on one side and all the extra verses that I mentioned. But on the back side are some great resources and some, some helps for you. And uh, uh, many, some of our life groups even use this to study off them. But it mentions there a, a wonderful devotional that Biola 
has uh, has put out, and it's an incredible one. So it's yes, it's scholarly, but it's it, anybody can understand it. They also pull in the arts and uh, through music and visual arts and poetry and and also the exposition of God's word. And it's really really encouraging. I know I've been using that uh, last couple of years, and they they actually will send you an email. So go to that link and sign up, and then they send you an email, and you'll. Be blessed because of it, but for sure, this Christmas code devotional is helpful. But it, the idea is to, is to put some effort into it, to put some effort into the study, to to know what the Bible says. It's an amazing book. It's got incredible stories and and, and insights. It's it's really the only way to know God. It is His revelation of Himself. But there's also practical helps in there. Anything that you for, for life and godliness is found right in this book. And it's a great resource to go off, but it does take effort to pull out those truths. You know, it's not just you can just flip on a YouTube thing and find it out. It's, there's some digging that needs to happen. These magi put in that effort and it took them to the awe to search for this king of the Jews. Well, not only did the magi put in the hard work of study, but they also put in the hard work to make the preparations to go on a journey. It would take some 40 days of travel, some 800 miles, uh, uh, 1,288 kilometers, I believe. This journey would involve details and preparations and making a to-do list and working at deadlines and, and much expense. Anybody ever planned a backpacking trip? There's a lot of details in that. It takes a lot. And not only that, the wise men's adventure would also take an entourage of people, uh, many people, assistants, servants, attendees, cooks, animal handlers, and, of course, guards. You know, it must have been a sight to see as this small city wandered through the desert. But they deemed the effort or the, the hard work worth it. What do you deem worthy of hard work. I asked a mom one Christmas about all the hard work she put into preparing their family's Christmas celebrations, special Christmas cookies that took hours, family meals, traditions, getting gifts, making it to all the church services. Uh, She said, yeah, it's hard work. It really wasn't that hard because it was a labor of love. I wonder if that's more how we should look at life. You know, God has given us family and friends, a a job, school, a church, a community. Is it a labor of love where we choose joy in the building of relationships and spending time and doing well with our abilities, participating in the community? See, see, the choice of joy makes effort a gift. So will we choose to find our joy in the hard work we do at Christmas or at any of the times and turn that effort into a gift? Well, the next area where the choice of joy makes effort a gift is to find joy in the effort of enduring conflict. So these, this entourage pulls into Jerusalem. And it had to have been quite a sight. I mean, everybody was buzzing about these kingmakers who are intimidating among themselves. 
come in and they approach Herod, who is, you know, a little bit shaken in his boots because these men are honored men. And they're saying, we're seeking king of the Jews. And he's going, um, that's kind of what I am. Verse 3. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For it is written by the prophet, You, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, go search diligently for the child and When you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, sure. But why do you think Herod and and everybody else was troubled? Maybe they had not expended the hard work to really know God's truth. I mean, they seem to answer rather quickly that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Messiah was a definite threat to Herod. Uh, they had studied the scriptures. Micah 5 2 is where that scripture comes from. It's a prophecy about Messiah. Why, why were they not looking? All of the Old Testament, which they had, and the words from the prophets they had, spoke of Messiah. Now, now Herod, we get. He's selfish, paranoid. He killed his own family members when he thought they were after him. But yes, and yeah, yeah, we can point a a finger of judgment on him. But we kind of are just as guilty with how we want to hurt or to push back or to make look bad others who are threatening to us. And yes, we may have been hurt, but that conflict is to is what builds relationships and what builds character. See, Herod just destroyed any obstacles. He even wanted to destroy Jesus. But these wise men endured the conflict and were led to Jesus. Uh, they, they knew something shady was going on. But choosing the joy, they pressed on. Now, sure, it's, it's complicated and takes effort to walk through conflict. But it has a way of, of building endurance. Write down somewhere in your notes, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. It says, Consider pure joy, brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith builds endurance. Those trials, those testings are, are conflicts. And they're like, you know, uh, working out. They, they build endurance because conflicts, as we work through them, not avoid them, has a way of building into us character and building into us even relationships. Uh, write down Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says that I, as iron sharpens iron, as the, the friction of two blades crossing each other, that friction creates a sharpening, just like one man sharpens another. Because 
you know, if there's two people in a room, there's going to be conflict at some point. And that conflict, instead of avoiding it, it actually walking through it, embracing it and working through the difficulties of, of trying to figure things out and all of those things builds endurance and builds strength and character. You see, when we choose joy and all that comes with that, it makes effort a gift. Another area where the choice of joy makes effort a gift is to find joy in the effort of choosing faith. Let's look at verses 9 to the first part of verse 11. After listening to the king, that's Herod, they, the wise men, went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary. And they fell down and they worshipped him. These men had chosen to find their joy in discovering this one called King of the Jews. And God led them right to him, even through some conflict. But what's interesting is what happened. They didn't celebrate that they'd made it, do all these chest bumps. Yeah, we made it, we found him. They did not speak of the plights of their journey. Oh, man, on a camel for 40 days. Ah. They did not get all self-focused over their needs for rest or feeling overwhelmed because of the efforts they put in. They did not see or or say that, that this experience better meet their expectations or or they're liking, or they're just going to find another suitable king. Nor did they have all of these massive requirements. It says they fell down and worshipped Jesus. They had arrived at enough faith to humble themselves. These kingmakers... These people who did not bow to anyone. When they walked into a city, people fell on their face before them. But they, they fell down at the greatness of Christ. His honor, his glory, they saw it. They believed it. It was, yes, a long journey of faith with much effort, but this day, this moment was focused on the magnitude, on the enormity, on the importance of the greatness of Jesus. And though it was undignified and awkward and humbling to worship Jesus, they fell down And worshiped Jesus with joy. You see, the choice of joy makes effort a gift.
let's take a moment and worship this baby, this Lord Jesus.
It had to have been an incredible scene, Mary, watching these honored and dignified men bowing down, falling down, and worshiping Jesus. The last area where the choice of joy makes effort a gift is to find joy in the effort of giving gifts. Uh, Going again to the last few verses of our passage. Last part of verse 11 and 12. And then opening their treasures, they offered them to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. These were expensive gifts. It's difficult for us to know their value today or even the specific meanings. But they were gifts to express value, honor, nobility, and importance. That Jesus was worthy of the most valuable commodities of the day. What is your most valuable good or service? Is it money? Is it your abilities? Is it your notoriety? Is it time? Affirmation? Accomplishments? Yes, they are those that take a lot of effort. But could you, or even would you, give those gifts to Jesus? What is Jesus worth? To these kingmakers... They fell down in worship and expended the effort of giving valuable gifts. And they found joy in that. For the choice of joy makes effort a gift. The gift of effort can be such a joy. It's found in the choice to find our joy in that effort. And Christmas is a great time to make that choice, the choice of joy in the effort of expending hard work, of enduring conflict, of choosing faith and, and giving gifts. There can be joy. It's, it's our choice. It's really your choice. The choice to make this Christmas a, a life-giving Christmas. Will you pray with me? Father God, as, as we bow uh, and even feel like falling on our face before you because of your greatness. Jesus, we give you the honor and the glory, really, that is due your name. For you are an incredible God who, God, you gave. And Jesus, you willingness to squeeze yourself into the tininess of a man and subjecting yourself to humanity. And Lord, you've given us this incredible gift in yourself that we can receive and that we can open and interact with and life can be this abundant life that you promised this life-changing gift that we receive help us in that lord challenge us in that god i know that in a room this size there's probably some who haven't yet received that lord may they be challenged to do so pick up one of those packets but there's others of us who 
maybe at one point in their life received the gift, but you really haven't opened it, haven't done much interactive with it, maybe a little bit once a week or maybe even not even that. God, help us. Challenge us. Holy Spirit, do your work in our heart and our life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.